First Corinthians chapter number 13. First Corinthians chapter number 13 is where we're going to begin this morning for those in the sanctuary with us. I, I want us to be sensitive to that which the Lord is wanting to do in this room today. Amen. How many thankful for the presence of God today? Amen. Don't forget tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, if you want to join us online, we will be taking a few moments in prayer and uh, just devotion together at 7 o'clock tomorrow evening. You're welcome to, uh, to join us, share that with you, as it will be the last one we do during our time of prayer and fasting. Um, but we are looking forward to sharing some things tomorrow evening as well. But uh, this morning, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, if you've got that with you, let's stand. We're going to read through this chapter together this morning. Maybe a little lengthy reading. It's only 13 verses, but I believe we need to hear the word of the Lord. How many knows it's important to hear what God says? And uh, so uh, if you'll bear with me this morning, I want to read through this because if the Lord will help me for a few moments today. I want to I talk to you about this thought when the noise isn't enough when the noise isn't enough beginning in verse number one paul is writing not to the world but he's writing to the church at corinth and he's writing specifically to deal with the issues that has been going on in this church of mixed believers and they're trying to figure out exactly how they're supposed to be moving forward and behave uh, in their christian walk and right in the middle of this he brings chapter 13 and i believe it's not by accident but i believe it is by design of the holy spirit and i believe it's something we need to hear today it says though i speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity i am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal and though i have the gift of prophecy and understanding all mysteries and all knowledge and though i have all faith so that i could remove mountains and have not charity i am nothing and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity it profiteth me nothing charity suffereth long and is kind charity charity envieth not charity vaunteth not itself it is not puffed up it does not behave itself unseemly. It does not seeketh its own it is not easily provoked it does not think evil it does not rejoice in iniquity, but it does rejoice in truth. It beareth all things, it believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth. But where there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I become a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know, even as also I am known." And now, tell your neighbor, say now. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three. But the greatest of these is charity. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. We thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the sound of victory in this house today. 
And Lord, we give you praise and glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Our subject today is found in 1 Corinthians chapter number 13. And our focus today for a few moments is going to be on the value of love. And I want to say this again, when the noise isn't enough. We are taught throughout scriptures the importance of loving God and loving others. In your Bible that you're holding today, there is 697 verses that has the word love in it. That should bring to us a very clear revelation of how important this subject is. It appears that in our culture that we have lost the true definition of love as well as an appetite for it. Here is what love is not. It is not just an emotion, while there is an emotion with it. Love is not a four-letter word that you throw around to try to get something for yourself from someone else. But love is, however, an affectionate concern for the well-being of others. It is the benevolent affection of God for his creation, as well as it is the reverent affection that is due him from those that he created. Paul, in his letter to the church at Corinth, realized this subject had to be addressed. And he realized that without love, it was impossible to walk with the favor and the blessing of God. Can I tell you, that still rings true today. That's why we see the very first verse of this chapter that we read together this morning sets the tone for this conversation and this message today. Let us look at it again. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. He makes it clear without charity we become nothing more than a loud clanging sound. Charity, if you find the definition of that word, is generous actions. It is also identified as Christian love or agape love. It is unselfish. It is about others, not oneself. We must come back to a place of charity in the year 2024. In recent years, we have seen a great desire for gifts, for prophecy, for knowledge within the church world, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But however, please know, in our pursuit for these things, we have left the most important thing, and that is charity. Our love for God and for others have been greatly affected by the indoctrination of our world and our culture. But sadly this morning, I must say as well, it has been affected by unbalanced preaching and teaching from the platform of the American church. May I remind you of the great commandment. We find in Matthew chapter 22, verse number 37 through verse number 40, this is Jesus speaking, and this is what he says. 
Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. Most people stop right there. But he's not done speaking. We need to hear everything he says. And this is what he says. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now we read of this same thing in Mark chapter number 12, beginning in verse number 30 and 31. And let's see how the writer pins it together this morning. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Get this. There is none greater commandment greater than these. Talking about plural. There's no difference. There's no distinction between the first and the second. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy mind, all thy strength. But also that same statement applies to your neighbor. Allow me to take us a little further into this this morning just for a moment. If I take you to the Gospel of Luke, you will find that Jesus is in a conversation with a lawyer in chapter number 10, in verse number 25. Through 28. And it says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And the lawyer answering simply said these words, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. But notice Jesus' answer in 28. Thou hast answered right. This do, and thou shalt live. Not only do we have just a bunch of noise if we don't have love, but we find ourselves, according to this conversation in Luke chapter 10, that if we don't have love, we find ourselves on a path that leads to death. There is no life outside of Christ, and you could not be in Christ without love. Please hear me this morning. If we are not people of love, we are not able to walk in the path of Christ. There's a passage that most of you probably can quote that I'm getting ready to read to you found in John chapter 3, verse number 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But notice verse 17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. This does not say that for God so loved the perfect man. Does not say God so loved those that don't have a spot or a blemish. He says for God so loved the world. And how many knows that the world is messy? The world is, is upside down in many things today, but God so loved the world. Can I make this statement to you and I this morning? People are not concerned about how gifted or how talented you are when they are in a place of need. All they want to know is, do you love me enough to help me. 
I'm going slow this morning on purpose. Please hear me. We have become nothing but noise for many because we have become so consumed with self. I know you're thinking about right now, you wish they'd just keep worshiping, but please stay. 1 Corinthians 13, 2 and 3 tells us, and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. Please hear me today. The moment that we think that we have arrived, the moment that we think the sun begins to rise and set in us is the moment we begin to set ourselves up for failure. You see, you and I are, have got to come to a place as the body of Christ and realize today that noise isn't enough. I am thankful for the gifts of prophecy. I'm thankful for the gifts of healings and the working of miracles. And, and I'm thankful that, that there is men and women that get a word of knowledge. And I, I'm thankful for all of those things that transpire within the body of Christ. But can I tell you, none of those things will move the heart of man unless there is love present. I have been privileged to travel the globe in many places, and I will tell you this today. It is not my elegant speech. Uh, it is not my, my theology. Uh, it is not my knowledge. It is not a gift. Uh, but it is when I begin to get down and love people that then they begin to have an ear to hear where I can begin to make an impact in their life. Uh, and today, listen, uh, if we're not careful, uh, we will say all of the right things, but our actions uh, will will testify against us. We will say that we want this world to be reached with the gospel, but if somebody walks in that doesn't look like us, doesn't talk like us, doesn't smell like us, the first thing that we do is grab our babies and bring them close and say, oh, I don't want nothing to get on them. I'm going to tell you something. You and I are not doing a service to a generation if we put them in a bubble because your baby is going to grow up and it's going to become a man or a woman and it's going to have to walk in the filth of this world and if you don't give them Jesus now listen that bubble will not remain but if you give them Jesus and teach them how to love people you don't have to worry about them becoming addicted you don't have to be worried about them being overwhelmed because from a child they can walk with the power and the anointing of God and they can be influencers instead of being influenced by but we need somebody to tell a generation that you're going to have to learn how to love again. Please hear me. Paul said, listen, I understand you all got gifts. I understand that you, you, you have knowledge. I understand that you even have faith. Uh, but listen, uh, if you don't have love, it's of no value to you. Because listen, when you just focus on those things, you are nothing in the sight of God. Paul goes on writing in verse 3, he says, And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned. Think about that. Even though you're willing to become a martyr for Christ, but you don't have charity, it profited you nothing. You say, that's a hard statement. No, that's a true statement. Church, please hear me today. It's going to take more than noise to reach this generation 
It's going to take somebody loving them right in the middle of their mess. Now I'm going to bust some of your thought process and things that you hold on dearly and I'm going to address this in a very straightforward manner this morning. For after nearly 25 years in ministry, I have heard over and over and over through the years, well, I would if, but the church hurt me. I need you to hear this preacher today. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ does not ever hurt people. But let me say this. Unfortunately, there is individuals that sit in local assemblies that are not walking with God like they should and therefore they don't love like they should and they're trying to convince people that they are living like they should which in turn causes them to act in ways that are not acceptable in the sight of God. So I caution you today to do not judge the church by their behavior. I want that to settle in for a moment. If you want to know if someone is walking with the favor and the blessing of God, just look at how they treat people. I have heard even ministers say things such as this. Well, I love what I do, but I'd love it more if I didn't have to deal with people. Well, you, you, you're, in the wrong, you're in the wrong thing. Number one, you don't have the heart of God. Number one, you're not even anointed of God at that point. All you're doing has just been a clanging noise because all you're doing is operating in gifts and talents that's been given without repentance. You're convincing people that you're anointed, but you're not anointed. You don't have the Holy Spirit, but you have a familiar spirit. Oh, you don't want me to go there this morning. I'll, this side, I'll talk to this side. Y'all don't like me right now. But please hear me. We are given clear instructions on how we are to live as Christ followers. Let me give you the English standard version of 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. It says, love is patient. It is kind. It does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant. Now, I've just described about 75% of modern day ministry right there. I'll let you decide what that really means. It isn't rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not iterable. It is not resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing. It does rejoice with truth, but love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and it endures all things. If Verses 4 through 7 doesn't describe you and I in our day-to-day behavior. We probably need to find an altar and say, God, put me back on the potter's wheel and 
break me and mold me and make me into what I'm supposed to be. Because if, if I'm not patient, if I'm not kind, if, if, if I'm not those things that God's word tells me to be, then I'm out of sorts. I've become a marred vessel. You know what happens to marred vessels? They get, they get set on a shelf. They get pushed out where they're not used. They're, they're unusable. They, they, are, they become nothing more than a pile of clutter, and they end up getting just pushed around, and they get banged into each other, and they just become things that make clanging noise. They're not beneficial. I'll go on because making some of you nervous today. Ephesians chapter 4, 21. The clear instructions that we get as Christ followers cannot be more clearly given to us than in Ephesians chapter 4, 21. It says, if so be that you have heard him, talking about Christ, and if you've been taught by him, talking about Christ and his word, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Can I tell you that there's a difference between men's holiness and true holiness? I'll let you do a word study on that in your own time. But we find we read on, Wherefore, put in away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, the thing which is good, that ye may have to give to him that is in need. Verse 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth but that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers and grieve not the holy spirit of god whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption let all bitterness tell your neighbor say all all bitterness and wrath and anger and glamour and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be ye kind one to another tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Anybody been forgiven in this room? Did you deserve that forgiveness? The person that you don't like, they may not deserve your forgiveness, but yet give it to them anyway. Because the forgiveness isn't for them, it is for you. Please hear me this morning. Let me take you back to verse 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. As men and women of God, listen, we do not get the luxury that the world has. You don't get to say everything that pops in your head. If you want the blessing and the favor of God to be upon your life, you do not get that luxury. The flesh will tell you to say all kinds of things. But you have been bought with a price. You belong to another. You are not your own. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit of God. And therefore, we are instructed, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. I'm not talking about four-letter words here. I'm talking about anything that would tear down your brother, your sister, or somebody that would be a bad, where you would be infecting and becoming a bad light for the kingdom of God. Listen, uh, you don't have to say everything that comes here. But if it is not edifying, you don't say it. Yeah. 
And you'll find out that people will love you a lot more and you will not have a problem with loving people like you should. But the word of the Lord is very clear. It says, listen, when you and I begin to use corrupt communication, you know what it means when you read verse 30? You begin to grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, Is it possible? Let me ask this question this morning. Is it possible uh, that the convicting power of the Holy Spirit is absent from the sanctuary in America, not because there is a lack of gifts and talents and abilities, uh, but because there's a lack of love? uh, And because we, 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 well, I just don't like them. Listen, that's corrupt communication. Uh, well, I just don't like their attitude. Uh, well, that, well, they just didn't, they didn't smile at me. Uh, and listen, it's all of this garbage uh, that we have embraced as been normal behavior. Uh, can I tell you, just because it's normal in the circle of men uh, does not mean it's acceptable in the circle of God. Uh, that my Bible teaches me uh, that if there is a weaker brother or sister among you, you come along and bring them and carry them up. Uh, listen, uh, don't you criticize somebody uh, because you think they just don't live up to your standard. Uh, Listen, there was a time you didn't live to the standard you're living at right now. Uh, And because uh, can I tell you, uh, you gotta learn how to love somebody. Uh, I'm thankful that somebody loved me uh, when I wasn't lovable. Uh, I'm thankful uh, that some people, even when my life was still a mess, said, you've got ability. Uh, You've got talent. Uh, I believe in you. Uh, And when they did, uh, they said, I know you got some stuff in your life, uh, but go ahead. uh, Exhort for a moment. uh, Go ahead. uh, I know you haven't got it quite figured out, uh, but go ahead. There's something in you. uh, What they was doing is saying, I love you. I love you. I love you. uh, And I said, why in the world they loving me? uh, But because of their love, uh, I can stand here today and say, God has been good. I'm thankful there's some people in my life that has more than noise. Can I tell you, when you operate in love, it makes you feel good. Men, I'll let you try it out. Go buy your wife some flowers today on your way home. It'll make you feel good. Now, she may wonder what in the world you did yesterday, but that's okay. You can figure that out. That's not my responsibility. But the thing is, is... I'm glad, I'm glad that there's people that just doesn't have noise. On two occasions this week, there I have, I had two individuals. One individual early in the week just called and said, are you busy? And I said, I'm working, I'm good, what's up? And he's like, I don't know, just thinking about you today. Just wanted to talk to you for a few moments. Can I tell you that person has so much on their plate, they don't have time to talk to me. But they love me. You all might not love me right now, but they love me. Come back tonight, I'll preach something you like. But they, it's like, we just, you had you on my mind, just praying. Just wanted to make sure you're good. Listen, they're gifted, they're talented. They can preach circles around me. Their church is bigger than mine. Listen, uh, the whole thing, all this stuff, they've got all kinds of stuff going on. But yet, he's not just a bunch of clanging noise. Do you hear me? He's filled with love. A couple days later, I don't know if something's wrong with me or not, but two days later, I got another call. Pastor Ron? Yes, sir. You good? I'm good. 
I'm good outside of one word that has four letters, K-I-D-S. Kids, they wearing me out this week, but it's all right. They all moving and everything, and I don't know, I'm the one that gets to lift all the heavy stuff. What's up with that? It's all good, but wouldn't have it any other way. But I said, you good? You got time to talk? Absolutely. Their calendars are full. They've got a flock of people, of nearly 2,000 people. They have every reason in the world not to call me. Hear me. They have all kinds of stuff going on in their personal, but yet the love of Christ is inside of them. Just wanted to check on an old country boy in the middle of the cornfields because they're more than just clanking sounds. You say, why do you say that? When was the last time you called and checked on somebody? When was the last time you went out of your way just to be kind? This morning I was setting up my desk and there's a, a pastor that, that I know and I, the Lord just brought him into my mind. I wasn't even thinking about him this morning. just brought him early this morning. And I simply sat down, shot him a message, and within a few moments later, this is what he said. Thank you so much, Pastor, for your valued friendship. That's all he said. Sometimes you just don't know what a little act of love will do. Let me get back to my message. Today what this world needs is to experience the love of Christ but I have a question for you this morning. How can we show them his love if we choose to reject it in ourselves? I can't give you something that I don't have. But if I have something, then I'm able to give it. I think all of us would probably raise our hands and simply acknowledge this fact that the world needs to experience the love of Christ. But until he comes, the vehicle that he is going to choose to administer that love is his body that is called the church. So the question is, is that love currently present in his church? I'm not talking about in this building. The atmosphere of this building will never be what it's supposed to be until first the atmosphere in this building is correct. Here's what I want to say to you this morning. Love keeps no record. Love is not puffed up. It does not rejoice in iniquity. But it does rejoice in truth. Folks, we will not accomplish the will of the Father until we come back to a place of our first love. Can you remember the night or the day that you got saved? The trees looked greener, the sky looked bluer, and everybody looked pretty. You, you didn't see 
You didn't see their flaws. You didn't see their errors. You did, you, you, your, your, your vision had changed everything in that moment. And when you was in that beginning stage, it, everything was different. You know, in the book of Revelations, one of the churches in Asia Minor, one of the seven churches that was there, received a, a letter. And that letter was not just to them, but it is to the church in general. And in Revelations chapter 2, the church at Ephesus, the writing to the pastor of that church, the revelation of Jesus is beginning to be penned by John on the Isle of Patmos, and this is what he, this is what he writes. These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, and who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou cannot spare them which are evil, and how you've tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and you have found them liars, and you have borne and has patience. And for for my name's sake, you've even labored, and you've not fainted. But he said, nevertheless, I have somewhat of something against you because you left your first love. Then he goes on and says, remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen. We don't like this word, but it's the word that brings life to us. And repent and do the first works or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of this place, except thou repent. But this thou hast, and thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. But he that hath the ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. There is only life in Christ. And you and I can only walk in Christ if we walk in a place of love. I'm going to begin to wrap this up very quickly. I sense a great urgency in my spirit today for individuals who have walked away from their love of Christ and others. There are those that have walked through difficult things that you didn't and you probably still don't understand why you've had to walk through them. You have allowed those things to consume you And you're on the verge of having a root of bitterness overtake your life. If we be honest today, there are many that's given place to the enemy. And they have been been deceived by his lies. Well, nobody loves you. Nobody cares. Nobody even notices. By the unction of the Holy Spirit today, I'm simply calling to you. I pray that you'll hear the heart of this preacher this morning. I'm calling to you from a place of compassion this morning. You must surrender every hurt, every disappointment, every lie. You must surrender it to Christ and Christ alone. All of your hurt, all of your disappointment, and I'm going to go a little further, and all of your resentment must be laid at the foot of Calvary. Don't allow pride to keep you from kneeling in humility at the feet of Jesus. If you're honest today, 
you would say, I'm tired of the noise in my life. But you can't get rid of the noise until you come back to a place of love. There is men and women, and I'm not questioning that they don't love Jesus. But at the same time, while you may love him, because of things that's happened in your life, disappointments, failures, unexpected things, you thought you was building a wall of protection, but you've built a wall where you have isolated yourself from experiencing the love of others, and therefore you're not able to love others either the proper manner. But you cannot get rid of the noise in your life until, first of all, you come back to a place of love. You say, is it really that important? Notice shortly before Jesus went to Calvary, he was having a conversation. In John chapter 13, 34 and 35, he says, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. Can I tell you, you can stand and prophesy in this room today. It doesn't really testify that you belong to God. That's not what draws people to the Lord. You could stand and prophesy or give tongues or interpretation of tongues. You can even pray for the sick and they recover today. That is not going to draw people to God. That's what scripture says. Jesus himself said, by this way. What's he talking about? By this way shall all men know that you are my disciples. Even though he sent them out and gave them power to heal all manner of sickness and disease, to trot on the, on the head of the devil himself, even though he gave them all of this ability, he said, listen, none of that is going to make what, what may people draw, be drawn to you and know who I am. It is by how you love them. He says, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. When was the last time you told not just your family, but your brothers and sisters in Christ, that you love them. And not just with words, but with action. First Peter 1.22 says, Seeing you have purified your souls and obeying the, in the truth through the Spirit unto unfringed love of the brethren, see that you love one another, get this, with a pure heart, fervently. That means passionately pursuing. I want you to know this morning that I love you. But I want to end with this passage as they come to the music today. 1 John chapter 4, verse number 7, and the following. Beloved, let us love one another. Get this, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifest the love of God towards us because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. Here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us 
and a citizen to the appropriation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. May I read verse 7 and 8 again this morning. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. We're not talking about just the general knowledge of knowing, but we're talking about having an intimate knowledge of knowing in this passage of scripture. You can know of God and still not know him. You can stand in this house week after week and you can even sing praises to him and you can even clap your hands and say amen when the preacher's preaching. Doesn't mean you know him. I pray that you hear this coming from a heart of love this morning. If you don't love people, you don't know God. You can fool yourself and you can fool everybody around you. But this morning, if you don't have a heart that's beating after the widow, the orphan, the homeless, the addicted, the one that's in trouble, the one that's in a state of struggle, if your heart is not for them today, I don't know if you know God. You say, that's mean. No. I love you enough to tell you the truth. A shout and a gift is not an entry pass to heaven. The only way any of us will ever hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, is if while we're living down here, that we become willing to do what Bible teaches us to do. If you have two coats, give your brother one. I mentioned this movie the other night. It's a documentary from many years ago. The young people don't know who in the world I'm talking about, but I think some of you probably do. But He's in heaven today, Brother David Wilkerson. Entered into the ghettos of the Bronx and walked in and began to minister to where the angels feared to trot is what they said. That part of his life ended up becoming a great book, a great movie back in the day called The Cross and the Switchblade. But one of the very first things that he did, he saw that there was six or seven young boys that was being taken to court and it got national attention. He walked in to try to talk to the judge in the, in the, in the courtroom. And he's like, what in the world are you doing? Who are you? Who do you think? What do you think you can do? And he said, listen, I've got a church full of people in Pennsylvania that's praying for these boys. And it triggered. He left there and he went to figure out how the culture worked. And one of the first things that he did, he saw, ran into an individual that became willing to begin to show him around, but there's a, there was a young boy sitting on the steps that was 
had old raggedy shoes and holes in them. And they actually even portray this at the beginning of the movie, The Cross and the Switchblade. And that young boy that had nothing was memorized by the polished shoes that David Wilkerson had on his feet and he kept interjecting and been smart aleck about it. And David Wilkerson just simply slipped off his shoes on the streets of New York City. Didn't know who he was. And took him over and handed him to this boy. He said, since shoes is such a big deal to you, just take mine. And the rest of the afternoon, and there's that day, he walked through the streets of New York City barefoot. Not because he wanted the applause of men, not because he wanted the recognition of men, but because he was not just a bunch of noise. But he realized that noise wasn't enough, and he became an agent of love. Our city's in trouble today. Our children a mile up the road at our high school or two miles to our junior high or three miles, whatever it is, within a five-mile radius of our kids and all of our public school, grade school areas, they're in trouble today. They don't have anything, many of them. Just a lot of brokenness. And there's churches on every corner. And there's a lot of good in most of those churches. There's a lot of gifts. There's a lot of talents. But I question and I put us in that equation. I wonder how much noise has been shouted from them. How much love has been shouted from them when you compare the two. We have to be love at the end of the day. But it begins by loving the one beside you, behind you, in front of you. Even though you may have a difference in theology, maybe you have a different path you're taking in life. Listen, if people could ever learn how to appreciate their differences, without compromising their faith or compromising the Word of God, love would be no issue at all. I'll shout with you. I'll dance with you. I'll praise with you. I'll cry with you. I'll even blow my nose with you. I'll become a snotty mess with you. But we need more than noise. We have to be love. They used to sing a little chorus that said, Jesus, I love you, I love you. But if we're going to sing that, if we're going to really walk that, we can't just sing, Jesus, I love you, I love you. But we're going to have to look at our neighbor and say, oh, I love you, I love you. Oh, I love you, I love you. And not just with words but with action. I wonder this morning, do we know him like we need to know him? Beloved, let us love one another 
for love is of God. And everyone that is that loveth is born of God. If you're born of God, it is natural for you to love. Amen. Let us stand all over the house this morning, please. But preacher, but I don't, we don't have any room for that three-letter word. We don't have any. We don't have any. But, 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 pre- no, 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 no. Don't, we don't have no room for that today. He first loved us. Therefore, we love. We stand for truth. We will not compromise truth. But truth is all wrapped up in love. When you and I begin to move and live in a state of compassion, it is then that we become to minister to the world. We had an individual walk in those doors this week. It's a little messed up. But in the midst of their stuff, we didn't just tell them we was concerned, but we we met a need for their family. And watched watched an individual become broken and say you don't know what this means what am I saying is love doesn't just touch an ear but it touches a heart even a calloused heart even a broken heart and it lets that one that can't dream begin to dream again it makes them realize you know what not everybody's bad Not everybody's out to hurt me. Not everybody's out to get something from me. See, love never asks for anything in return. You see, when you understand this, that he's more than enough, you don't need nobody else to give you anything. But I know he's enough. you know he's enough today because I know who he is and because I know that he's more than enough I'm going to keep loving the unlovable I'm going to keep loving in the midst of the hurts in the midst of the not knowings in the midst of the misunderstandings I'm going to keep loving maybe you're here this morning and you're just I hope I've ministered to somebody this morning I pray that this morning if you're in this room and you could say, you know what? My past is checkered with hurts and disappointments and failures and things that I don't understand. And if you was real this morning, you say, you know, I acknowledge it's affected how I live my life in the present. But would you dare to love again? Because when you love, there's life that comes in. 
the noise isn't enough today. I want a good church service. I want gifts and prophecies in operation. I want the five-fold ministry flowing through the church in America. I want all of those things. But I don't want them if I have to sacrifice love. But I know this, if I have love, those things are a given. Those things are absent because of the absence of love. When we begin to love properly, when we begin to forgive those and move on, when we begin to look and begin to evaluate all of those around us and not see their flaws, but see their strengths and become appreciative of what they bring to the table. Listen, you can look at me and you can find all kinds of flaws. But please don't focus on my flaws. Please focus on the strength that God has given me. And if we would do that for each other, we begin to edify and equip each other. We begin to speak words of encouragement. That's why when I walk by those kids, I continually try to tell them, you're a mighty man of God. You're a mighty woman of God. God's got great things for you. I'm continually doing that because I want them to know that, listen, love is present. Maybe you're here today and you're broken. Maybe today you're here and disappointed. Maybe you're here today and you're overwhelmed. But can I tell you, God loves you. But not only does God love you, this old bald-headed preacher loves you. Right in the midst of all of your maybe shortcomings that you see in yourself, I'm not looking at your shortcomings today. Here's what I see when I see you. I see somebody that's been fearfully and wonderfully made that God has designed for such a time as this. It doesn't matter if you're 50 years old, 80 years old. I watched, I seen a video this week. An 87-year-old grandma was sitting in a college class taking a college course. It's never too late to do what you want to do in life. Don't you let the enemy tell you you waited too long, you wasted too many years. No, you didn't. Forget about yesterday. Today's a brand new day. Today I'm going to love. Today I'm going to live. Today I'm going to move forward. Today I'm going to be what God says I can be. Because with God, all things are possible. I really sense this. God's wanting to do something in your life today. You know what he wants to do? He wants to break you free from every lie of the enemy. And he's going to tell you you're more than enough. If you want to love people... But you say, I want to experience his love in my life first this morning. Would you come right now as Emma just begins to sing? I'm just going to call us to a place of prayer today. Hey, everyone. Thanks for watching. I hope you enjoyed this message, and I hope it blessed you. And please check our description below. You'll find all of our social medias linked below. And as always, please subscribe so we can reach more people. As always, thanks for watching, and I hope to see you soon.